This your boy Rob Brandon, aka Rob the Realtor, also known to you as Mr. 485. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to the fifth episode of I Put the Real and Real Estate Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about commas. Commas. So, I've noticed over the years, every time that I get ready to talk, whether it's a seminar for home buyers or I'm out in the community palm pressing, there's a small group of people that usually come up to me afterwards and be like Robert or Mr. Brandon or Mr. 45 or whatever they may call me. Are you really getting paper like that? Are realtors really getting paper like that? And I got to explain to them. It depends. It depends on how you handle your business and how you run your shop. Everybody's a little bit different. Some people trifling and no, they're not getting paper. Some people are trifling and they are getting paper, but they're not going to continue to get it long. Then you have some people, on the other hand, who are doing things the way that they should and not really seeing the benefits as they should. And it's probably because they need to tweak a couple things. But just think about it. About 20 or 30 years ago, everybody started opening in a barbershop. Just think about now. When you're driving around your community, especially if you're in an urban community or uh, downtown somewhere in your city, there's a barbershop on every corner, especially in Charlotte, North Carolina. Truthfully, I don't even know how barbers are still making money with it being so many barbers. But just think about it. You patronize your barber or your stylist based upon the service that they provide. You have some barbers that you got an appointment at 10 they don't show up till 11 o'clock you got the other barbers the appointment is at 10 they're there at 10 but they talking on the cell phone and eating chicken while they cutting your hair not a good experience you're not going to be going to them too much longer because at some point you're going to get tired of them and potentially be willing to pay more or a premium to go somebody to somebody else where you don't have to deal with that you have some barbers or stylists that provides an excellent service. The work is good. They may provide wine or Wi-Fi or music or whatever the case may be while they're working on your head. Those type of places you're more inclined to visit and frequent. That barber or stylist over a period of time is going to get more money, hence more commas, in their bank account. The same thing translates over into the realtor world. It's all about how you handle your business. So as a realtor, for those wanting to know if we're getting money or what do I need to get money, all you got is your reputation. All you have in this game is your reputation because pretty much that's what you're selling. You're selling yourself. We do have a lot of realtors that hide behind the big companies we have some people that are independent, but ultimately at the end of the day, you're selling yourself. It's all about being punctual. If you're telling a client or a potential client that you're going to meet them at a property at 11 o'clock and you don't show up to never 30, they're going to be pissed off. They're not going to want to deal with you. Or while they're dealing with you, they're secretly going to be looking for another realtor to replace you. Because everybody's most valuable asset is their time. 
And guys, face it, we're grown. We don't have time to be playing games. So I advise you to be punctual. If you're a realtor that's electronic-based, meaning you, for the most part, function solely via email or social media or whatever the case may be, you need to respond to an email or an inquiry in a reasonable amount of time. Two or three days later isn't going to get it, especially in Charlotte, North Carolina, or Rock Hill, South Carolina, or Fort Mill, South Carolina, based upon the environment that you're, we're in, because properties aren't lasting that long. So it's a must that you respond in a nice time. And don't take for granted that when you text somebody that they got your text. You need to send a text, you need to send an email, and you need to call. Because you need to cover yourself just to make sure what do you guys call it or what do the ladies call it in their relationships. You need to make sure you keep them receipts. So if something does go wrong, you can point to, no, no, think you misunderstood. I did call you, I texted you, and I left a voicemail. It's unfortunate that you didn't get it. But you left me no other options as far as communication. Not to be confrontational, it's just a matter of being thorough and covering your bases. Because at the end of the day, that person hired you to do a job. You want to make sure you do the job so you can get paid. Because that's why we're in this business. We want to help people, but we want to get paid continuously. Hence, commas in the bank account. So, to the people out there wondering, how do I get into real estate? What's the best way to go about it? First of all, I'm going to speak from my experience. I'm licensed in North and South Carolina. So the first thing you're going to have to do is take a real estate class. Uh, there are certain uh, real estate schools in Charlotte and surrounding areas that offer the class. The class will cost anywhere from $380 to $550 depending on the school. I know some of you guys may be like, woo, that's a lot. I don't really have that right now. So... Just put that as a goal and save. Save every, save a little bit from every paycheck every week. And if that's something you want to do, you'll save that particular money to go to real estate school. The class can be anywhere from six weeks to 12 weeks, depending on how you take it. It could be accelerated or you could draw it out over a period of time. There are some cheaper alternatives uh, like community colleges and things of that nature. Ultimately, once you pass the class, and I did say yes, once you pass the class, because you will pass if you put the time in. Can't be at home studying, looking at the page with your right eye, and looking at love and hip-hop with your left eye. You got to be all the way in. You got to be committed. So once you pass the school exam, you're going to be required to do a background check. You're going to be required to fill out an application so you can sit for the state exam. The state exam does have a national part in there as well. Once you've passed that state exam, then at that particular point in time, you could move on and become affiliated with a broker. During the time that you're in the class, during the time that you're taking the state exam, real estate companies like an Allen Tate, a Wilkinson and Associates, a Keller Williams, they will be recruiting you for your services. To all my sports fans out there, just think about it being recruited by a college to come and play football or basketball. They can see you as a potential star 
and they want you working for them. It's important while this is going on, guys, you ask the right questions. Because as I mentioned, we're doing it to get paid. Different companies may have different commission splits. Different companies may require different things out of you. Some people want to do this full-time. Some people want to do it part-time. Some people just trifling and just don't do it. And they're licensed to do it, which I still don't understand. But anyway, questions that you should ask. What's the commission split? Can I work full-time? Do you guys have desk duty that I'm required to do? These are all things you should know before you get yourself into a situation that you cannot get out of. Again, ask these questions before you get yourself into a situation that you can't get out of or you're unhappy. Because at the end of the day, it's a business. They're working on getting paid and you want to get paid. So can you give me an example? Sure. I'm a listing agent in this scenario. A listing agent is the person that lists the house of someone that wants to sell. So Steve comes to me, Mr. Brandon, I got your card. I want to interview you. I want you to potentially list my house. I'm ready to move on with my life. Great. I appreciate it. I really do. So what I would do is tell him what I could do for him as a realtor. I would give him a property valuation as far as what I thought that he could sell it for. Generally, not all the time, but most of the time when you're selling your property, the seller is the one that pays commissions. Again, the seller is the one that pays commissions most of the time. So for this particular example, I'm going to talk to the seller and we're coming to an agreement that they are going to be paying 6% for commission for the total transaction. The 6% is on the final purchase price of the property. So whatever the house sells for, 6% of that is going to go to commissions. The whole 6% isn't mine. I'm going to be sharing that 6% with any realtor that brings a buyer to my listing to purchase that particular property. So we're going to be sharing or splitting depending on what's agreed upon between me and the seller, that 6%. Okay? So, let's just say it's $200,000 as far as the purchase price of the home and my portion that I'm taking is $6,000. So, we got the $6,000. Remember I said you need to ask these questions to the realtor company that wants to hire you because you're going to be responsible for a commission split with them as well. The commission split could be 70-30. You keep 70% of the $6,000 and they keep 30. It could be 80-20. It could be transaction-based where they don't take any money. They just charge you a transaction fee for every deal that you do. It can vary. And you have to find something that you're comfortable with and works for you. Because at the end of the day, it's all about your commas. So you want to make sure that if you're in a situation where they're taking a higher commission split, there's some value in there and you're getting what you need out of that. There's not a wrong answer. It's just making sure you understand the situation that you're in. So for this particular example, let's just say the 6000 that I made that I take back to my office 
there's no split. They charge me a transaction fee. Transaction fee, $350. So out of that $6,000, I keep everything but $350. The rest of that money is net. I mean, it's, it's a gross profit to me. So, once you get the commas, you gotta be smart. Because one thing we haven't talked about is taxes. You're gonna be responsible for them taxes because that gross amount is what's coming to you. So you're gonna make sure you pay your taxes. You don't wanna be in a situation like Lauren Hill, where they come knocking on the door, Uncle Sam talking about, let me get that up out you. So you wanna make sure you take into account that you're gonna be responsible for paying taxes. That's a way to keep the commas that you actually get. I advise having relationships with an attorney and an accountant. They can advise you as far as once you actually start making money and have a decent stream of income, it may be advantageous, SAT word, it may be advantageous for you to maybe do an LLC or to incorporate your business or set up some sort of entity to shelter some of the taxes. So I advise that you check into these things or whatever. You just don't want to jump into it all willy-nilly. You want to have a plan because you want it to be beneficial for you and you want it to be beneficial for your family. Because at the end of the day, we're trying to build wealth. So real estate, it can be very profitable. It can be a headache at times too. But you got to take with the good with the bad. And again, you could eliminate a lot of headaches based off the way that you run your business. You got to set expectations up front. If you're a single mom and you're getting into the game and you know you got kids they got football on this day and dance on this particular day. Set those expectations up front to the people that you come in contact with that you show properties on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. The other days that you don't show properties. You may communicate via email. I know initially you starting out, you're going to think, oh, a lot of people aren't going to work with me. But everybody has other things that they're responsible for it, so they'll understand. And if they don't understand, you just can't work with them. You can't work with everybody, but they'll respect you later on because you told them up front, opposed to you not telling them, and they call you on one of those days that you got to take your son to football practice or you got to take your daughter to point or jazz or tap or whatever the case may be, and you can't show them that house that they want to see because you got obligations and then somebody buys that house, and I promise you, from there on out, every time they see you, they're going to equate that with, you're the reason I couldn't get that house that I wanted because you had to take your child to practice. So that's why I said set the expectations up front. If they like it, work with them. If they don't, move on. It's a lot of people in your city and state that you could work with. Everybody's not going to be for you. That's family or friends. I do want to thank you guys for tuning in. I covered some things. I tried to paint with broad strokes. There are some other things that I left out. Some small nuances as far as realtor fees that you're associated with uh, or for paying. Uh, but I can get into that in another 
episode. Rob the Realtor, Mr. 485, I'm out.